You're listening to The Secret Sauce Podcast, unveiling life's hidden recipes for success, happiness, and fulfillment by finding the unique ingredients that shape individuals' extraordinary journeys. Hello, good morning. My name is Jeffrey Davis. And I'm Lynn Bush. Good morning. And we're part of The Secret Sauce Podcast, and we're here to talk to you about how candy corn should not be given at Halloween anymore. Right, right. We're against candy corn at all times, not just Halloween. Not just Halloween, <laughs> not anymore. So we thought on our on our podcast, we talk a lot about personal stuff and 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 life changing things that we've heard or seen. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit today about how we feel about um, um, everything from from politics to football. We wanted to bring up some current events and break them down and and see the good in them and see the drive in them and. And talk about it a little bit. And maybe look at some of their secret sauce. I think so. Yeah. You know, I, I think whether it's uh, throwing a football or, or a business deal or preaching at church mm-hmm. or just driving your car. I mean, and I, I drive my car, but I think I've got a secret sauce and why I don't run into people. So there you go. Uh, I, I think we've got it in every aspect of our life. And right. so I thought talking today about some, some things that, um, we talk about a lot before the show starts, and we seem to cover most of our current events while we're sitting here. And we brought up today, we were talking about elections and and how do we make them fair and, and how do we know that the people that are sharing, that they're going to help us, how do we know that they are and that, that we're electing them to an office that they're going to go treat that it's of the people, that they're doing it for me and not their personal gratitude or, or personal pocketbooks and I think we both see it, um, we don't see it very well today. Right. It doesn't look good, does it? It It, doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look fair. Right. I I think that's, and and it's not just me. Um, And we talked about this. I've got a client that's in her 80s, super duper wealthy, never voted for anybody else but a Democrat. Um, And the last election, they voted for for Trump Mm -hmm. uh, because they're scared Right. Of where the country was going, um, because they don't see the they don't see both sides as fair. I don't think they see either side as fair, right. to be honest with you. I mean, I, I got to hear Chuck Schumer talk about how ridiculous doing an impeachment deal on a president in times where they could go help and solve problems was just was just absurd. And he talked bad about the Republicans and that they were wanting to do an impeachment inquiry. And I, I was sitting there thinking, y'all had like two or three of them. Was it two or it was, three? It was two. That they, they yeah. did against Trump. And, and Schumer was the, the big push behind I'm, it. And so and that one was okay. That 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 one was necessary. Necessary yeah, Sh- to... Schumer wanted that one done. Oh. So that was a necessary one. So So necessary ones are okay, but unnecessary ones... Are not okay. But we are of the people. Did 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 he go and collaborate with with fifty percent of of New York State and was like, hey, you know, do we really want to go do this and spend all these millions of dollars? And we don't really have any evidence. We just have a couple of hearsay things. And you know, like like Nikki Haley said, maybe we need more politicians saying some of the things that Nikki Haley says. I mean, she told you in in her debate, hey, those all things sound great. But there's absolutely no way you're ever going to get the votes for them. So why are we even talking about right, it? Exactly. Let's talk about something we can get votes yeah, for. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's great, but you got to go fight for the things that you want. There's just no, doesn't seem like there's any change in Congress today. Doesn't seem like it at all. No. no. Except they're more gridlocked than ever. But that's not fair. That's not what me as an American. That's not want. why we I send mean, them up there. We, we've been asking for Trump's term and Biden's term for both of them to do something with our insurance. And both of them promised us it would be their number one priority. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, happen. didn't my, happen. My insurance is, I mean, for a single white male, I'm almost at seven to $900 a month. Wow. I mean, it's, it's yeah. crazy. And I'm not even 50 yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so what, what's the secret sauce do you think for us to have better, fairer elections? Maybe for people to really be informed. People really are not informed. Mm-hmm. And watching the news is not how you get informed. You need to read. 
You need to watch the news. You also need to watch the alternative news. You need to listen to people. You need to listen to your neighbors. People need to be informed in a much different way than they are. Yeah. You know, the White House sent out a memo to all the big news stations and told them to not pay attention to any of this Republican impeachment stuff. Don't air it. Don't pay attention to it. Don't let it be a part of your news. Sure. That's what the White White House House does. That's what they do. They determine what's going to be on the on the on the news. That's why we have to watch the alternative news. Yeah, most people don't even know where it is. You ever been to DC? Uh huh. Did you? I was two years old. Oh well, I can't even be asking this question. (laughs) So I, I, my wife and I got to go to 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 DC. Um, One of the best breakfasts I've ever had in my Mm -hmm. life was at the Trump Hotel Mm -hmm. there when he owned the. He bought the old post office and turned it. It was. It was unreal beautiful. Um, and uh, uh, getting to see all that stuff was 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 great. Um, but even our, our our cabbies were were pissed off that he was coming in and getting elected. They were surrounded his house before he ever the hotel. I mean, we had to walk past armed guards to uh-huh. to, to get into the hotel. Uh-huh. Um and they were they were after him before he got there, um, because they had been told to be after him. They had been prepared to be after him. I've read articles that during the the big fights where the the kid maybe it was in Minnesota where the kid shot those three people with his mm-hmm. his assault rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, they there were someone had been dropping off in U hauls bricks and stones and stuff for them to throw uh, all over the city where they were going to riot that morning. Oh, I saw that on TV. It was not just that city. It was many cities. They were they would bring in pa- pallets of bricks and stones, and, and they were there to be used. They were, they were imported into the cities before the riots. Yeah. There was a really cool place in, in D.C., called the Newseum, and they've now been bought out. I think it's where one of Fox News' headquarters, actually. Um, and they moved to another part of the city, so it's it's still in D.C., uh-huh. but it may have been one of the... I went to I, I went and saw all the different... We saw as many as we could, um, all the different museums, uh-huh. um, and cried in some of them. The, the Indian Museum was, uh-huh. was brutal to read a tear. You know, we, we, we came right. up with a idea to fix everything and then we kill them two weeks later. I mean, it was just brutal. Right. right. But the new, the museum, 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 I think is what it's called. Um, Boy, it hit me hard. I I can still feel my emotion right now talking to you about, we were standing in a room and he asked us, do you think you're free? He said, Oh, well, hell yeah. We're damn Americans in DC. We're, we're free, baby. He said, no, not so much. Here, look at this wall. He said, this is the countries that regulate everything that goes out news-wise uh-huh. to their people. China, uh-huh. you know, North Korea, and, you know, just really everything. They control everything. We were in the same category as Russia. Right. We weren't free down right. here in the green. We were up here in the yellow. Like oh, there yeah. was, I, I had no idea <clears throat> that... Our news was so manipulated oh, by yeah. our politicians and government. And, you know, the the guy who runs our podcast was talking this morning about hearing, hearing the same words used over and over and over and in all these interviews. Well, the the DNC, they 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 have these these deals where they get a hundred people in a room or fifty people in a room and they throw out some keywords and they figure out which keywords are are hitting on them, and then a focus group—that's what they're called. They're focus groups, and okay. and then they then they all use it, and you'll hear Pelosi and and Schumer and everybody use the same lingo. Even on the news, right. you'll hear Katie Couric. She doesn't do it anymore, but if she was, she'd say the words, and then then you hear the 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 other commentators on the other channels. But they use the exact same lingo, um, but it's all tested, um, and that's that's not. That's not news. Like, here's my solution. That's so that I don't have to listen to 25 different places to get my news. Mm-hmm. The government, the FCC, needs to regulate 
commentary to news. You are no longer allowed to be called a news network if you're strictly just commentary view on one side, giving us BS lines. Uh, I think that's the secret sauce to to getting some better news. And then write some laws where where if a politician or a government agency picks up the phone and calls you one time, those people can be prosecuted. So then you'd have to get the judges to be fair. Well, you'd have to ultimately, ultimately you'd have to have one person be telling you again, it doesn't work because one person be telling you what real news is and what's commentary. So the problem with that is you're you're depending on the government to do something. I think that I think the people have to do something. The people are doing something, like Rumble has taken the place of YouTube because YouTube monitors what is on there. Rumble doesn't. There, so there are alternative news stations and there are alternative newsletters. And they're getting kicked off of your cable providers, One American right? News. Right, but there are other places. There are other sure. places. They're on the internet, other places. So you have to be creative enough to find them. And right. and those are called conspiracies, okay, so but that, they're not necessarily 50 conspiracies. 60% of Americans. What about the 40% of Americans that aren't creative? We want to watch our ABC, NBC, you know? CBS. Well, then you're going to watch a bunch of lies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what you want to do. Well, no, it's it's, but it's what's comfortable for me. It is comfortable, uh-huh. but what's comfortable has got us where we are. It was comfortable to let them lock us down. That was comfortable. It's coming again. Well, that's what they I mean, say. I mean, we'll see. How many times did you get COVID? None. None. Did you wear a face mask the whole time? Nope. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't either. Nope. I got it once, but and we had, I, and we had I, a I real did, mile. I stayed at work, too. I did, too. Yeah. I didn't slow down. And I was shaking hands and yeah. meeting people. Yeah. We were in the middle of the dirt business. It was, right. it was, right. it was good times. But I, don't, I don't get sick. My wife doesn't get sick. I don't, her, her, I don't nobody in her family gets sick. Yeah, like, I don't do that. When I first met her, I was like, when was the last time you had a checkup? It was like 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I had a checkup about 30 years ago. See, I think that's I the secret sauce to longevity. I, I've, I was, I had someone tell me, uh, my aunt. We asked her one time; she thought she'd live as long as my grandparents, and she said, uh, and she's kind of a bitter old woman. She said, "Jeffrey, I've never had insurance. Your grandparents had insurance their entire life. I'm not living as long as they are." So, I think seeing your doctor and 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 getting checked up is is important, but that's Chris, just me. If you go to your doctor, what's his job? His job is to find something wrong with you. My doctor, <laughs> my doctor loves me. You have a great doctor, my, yeah. And so I know you have because I doctor. I know he loves me. Mm-hmm. I know when I go in there. I know his front staff. Loves me. Brandy. And he's not trying to find something wrong with you. No, either. he wants to make sure Jeffrey gets to yeah. spend as long as he can with his kids. We right. talk about it when I'm in the office. Hey, Doc, right. you've got to keep me here. I've got to see my kids graduate high school and college and get married. And that's our focus. That's my focus with mm-hmm. my doctors. How do we keep Jeffrey here right. and healthy right. so that he can enjoy his kids? And you're doing the concierge medicine, Absolutely. which is a different way to look at medicine. And that should be more popular. Build personal relationships mm-hmm. with your doctor. When I when I go to the dermatologist, because I've got adult acne, um, um, <laughs> that little lady and I bumped heads like no two people ever bumped heads. Certainly that she had never expected me to 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 tell her, hey, no, you, you take your scripted shit and you can throw uh-huh. it out the window. You're going to talk to me like a normal person. And uh-huh. I told her that because uh-huh. uh, she was busting in and blah, 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 I'm ready to leave already. I was uh-huh. like, well, I ain't got to talk to you yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so yeah. Yeah. I do think building those personal relationships, yeah. why do you stay with the doctor for a hundred years? I mean, my, my wife's mom has the same male doctor for, I think it's a male, maybe a female. I think uh-huh. it's a lady actually, uh-huh. but she's had the same doctor for, uh-huh. Maybe fifty plus years, and that doctor knows that person. That makes a difference. Yeah, I think they do. I mean, how could you not know somebody after fifty years? Even if you saw them twice a year for fifty years, that's still a hundred times, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so, 
So what else? If if you think um, do you think we're going to have a fair election this year? Have we had a fair election, election in, in the last few elections? No, no, I, I'm, no. I'm, we're not talking so, about the past. I want to so, know about what's coming. I don't know whether we're going to be able to have a fair election. I think a lot of people want us to have a fair election, and that might make a difference. I think a lot of people are more aware of the importance of having a fair election. That's mm. that's different. That's different. I think they'll try to lock us down to, to you know do some shenanigans, but I'm not sure we're going to get locked down. I'm not mm. sure we're going to buy that. Yeah, we'll see. So again, it's up to the people. Except for the people to get off their butt yeah. and go vote. Well, I mean, the people I've talked to two people this week that want to talk about politics almost every damn time I'm on the phone with them. And I, I've known, I knew my brother didn't vote, but he still talks about it constantly. Because mm -hmm. uh, I jumped his ass saying, well, you got what you wanted. This is your Clinton you voted. I mean, this is your Biden you voted for. And he he jumped my ass and was like, no. I didn't tell you I voted for it. I just said I didn't vote for Trump. I just didn't vote. <laughs> oh, there you go. So but then I've got another friend that's he's in the same position. Yeah. I mean, he's he's hardcore Republican. My brother's hardcore Democrat. And neither one of them voted. Neither one of them voted. My, my other friend hadn't voted in well, years and years and years. If you don't years. vote, you don't have a voice, do you? No, ma'am. No. You don't. And I got to have a voice. Uh, you know, I've, I've I've had some ups and downs in my life and... I didn't know I could vote because I'd been in trouble before. Yeah. And so um, my wife encouraged me to to figure it out and find out. And I've got my voter registration on my refrigerator. Cool. I voted in the last election. Cool. I don't. I got to vote in the governor's election, uh -huh. but I, uh, this will be my my second. When I was eighteen, I voted, and this will be my oh. second presidential election that I get to vote for. So I'm excited. I I, I want my vote to count. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, and I believe it will. You know, I, I believe me showing up means there's going to be more people like me who feel like me that are going to go show up and going to vote. Because I think people want to show up this time, and I think people want to make a difference. I think there's a lot some, of people that are tired of wanting. Some people. Some people want to. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are just tired of wanting. Uh -huh. I mean, our, our economy's hard. Uh-huh. Life is not easy right now. Right. Life in the future we can't see because we don't know what's right. coming or going. So it's hard to plan. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like an old company. Um, the next president will not be able to do very much about our oil reserves or the lack of them when they become president. Probably not until their last yeah. year of their presidency will they'll start to have an effect on oil quantity in America because. When you scare an oil company away from doing a billion-dollar pipeline, a, a yeah. billion-dollar drilling in a certain area that they have leased, when you take those things away from them, just like development, um, when the cities got hard or the market changed or the, the builders stopped buying, we as developers stopped. Mm -hmm. And if I started today because you said, I want that project now, I'm 14 months away from giving it to mm -hmm. you. And it's going to be the same way with oil. We're going to want all this oil and be glad we got someone that wants us to 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 have cheap gasoline, but they're not going to be able to create it. It's going to take right. years for right. them to get there because right. they've they're not they're not expanding refineries. Uh -huh. They're not even upgrading refineries to better right. technology because they just flat don't know what's going to happen to them. Right. Um, so I'm I'm worried about it. I'm worried about our whole energy sector. You know, uh -huh. um, I think America's secret sauce is. Is was has been for a long time our 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 ability to to have our own mm -hmm. goods and services here in the United uh -huh. States and then sell them to the uh -huh. world. Um, but um, I mean, I read the other day that the the EPA, I think it's the EPA, yeah, Energy Department, no less, but they're they're within days away from starting to regulate natural gas and coal powered refine uh, uh power plants right. do you know where most of our electricity certainly everything in dfw comes from some wind of nolan ryan's out in abilene mm -hmm. and the rest of it's natural gas mm -hmm. and uh um 
coal. Yeah. I think there's one yeah. nuclear power plant somewhere east of town, east of Fort Worth. It is. It is um, Comanche Pete. But yeah. I understand that most of that energy goes to whatever big industries they have mm -hmm. in that area. Mm -hmm. um, and so they were saying that you could, you might see double your price for oh, yeah. utilities oh. by the end of next year. Oh, for and, sure. and my, my water's doubled for sure. this year. Oh yeah. For sure. My electricity's gone up some, but uh -huh. it's still regulated by the Texas Railroad Commission, so you just can, and so is natural gas. You can't just raise those prices just because you want to. You actually mm -hmm. have to get the Railroad Commission to agree that you have the right to raise your prices, whether mm -hmm. it's 10 cents or a dollar or whatever it may be. Yeah. yeah. And so what do you think about football? Did well, you see Deion Sanders won again? I did. I did. Dion's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, has, I, there was something in the in the Star Telegram about he he might be possibly a coach for the Dallas Cowboys. I read yeah. that too. That that his big dream's going to come true. Right. He's going to draft his son and coach the Dallas Cowboys right. next year. But I think he's going to have a hard time if the Cowboys keep winning, becoming their coach next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, forty-zero. I think. I, I mean, if I was a betting man, I would have bet bet against them. I just don't bet on sports because I don't know enough about them. But I think Dion's story gets more incredible mm -hmm. with every win. Mm -hmm. And and I hope and pray, you know, I even said to Jenna when one of the boys dropped a pass during the game that was right in his hands. It wasn't like it was a hard ball to catch. This ball was right in his hands and would have given the other team a first down and he dropped it. And I looked at her and I said, Jenna, God's on that field with that team today. Mm -hmm. God, God's wanting to create something mm -hmm. spectacular here, and I hope He does. I, I hope, I hope it comes mm -hmm. to fruition, and you see Him in the national championship with it yeah. with His team. Yeah, um, I want Him to get bigger than life. Yeah, I think He's He's earned it. You know, I, hearing Michael Irving say, "Man, we've known this is His spot was going to be a spot for years. We all He's been changing boys' lives since uh -huh. as long as I've known uh -huh. Him." Uh -huh. Um, and that resonated with me, yeah. you know. And you know, here Michael Irving settled his his deal with Marriott. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that. Oh, interesting. And not not just interesting. They had him back on TV. He yeah. settled it like I don't know, sometime the the night before. Oh. And that next morning, they had him on TV at eleven. Oh, that's so good. Uh, yeah. But he was fired from ESPN, so he's on. I don't know if he's on the NFL network, but he's on another network, uh -huh. picked him up immediately and had him on TV uh -huh. a couple that, hours later. That whole thing was so, that just was crazy. I <sighs> I read an article in the last two days that it wasn't as crazy. Michael Irving won because the, 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 I, the at least the article I read said that, um, the inside of that Marriott hotel had listening devices all over it. And so they were able to actually hear their conversations, mm -hmm. um, and that's how he he oh. got it. Somehow they figured out that there was listening devices in that lobby, uh -huh. um, and uh, that's how he was able to prove emphatically, you're wrong. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. Uh. So how, how many things do you think are bugged these days? Do you travel? No. We travel. I'm constantly thinking. I don't go around with my little red light everywhere. Yeah. Um, but I worry that some of the places that we've stayed at, I mean, they have, uh, they, lots of them have the listening devices. So that oh, if you're yeah. Oh, yeah. partying it down, it oh, sends yeah. a oh, yeah. deal saying the, the it's being too loud. I've seen those. But I, I mean, these days you've got listening devices and and things you can put and hide just about anywhere. And so, I used especially to travel. with all the Airbnbs and stuff. I used to travel a lot. I've traveled everywhere. I've traveled everywhere I want to go, so I'm done. You're done? Yeah. How many countries in Europe did you make it to? Oh, six. Six. Yeah. Did you learn anything from them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you live there, or mm -hmm. were you just visiting? Just visiting. Yeah. Visiting. Um, it's, it's really interesting to go to Europe, and, and you understand our history differently if you spend time there. Mm. So before my kids get into mm -hmm. sixth grade and really start learning history, I need to take them to Europe. Uh -huh. so they... Right, because you can actually see it and mm -hmm. feel it. It's interesting to go to the Tower of London and see where Anne Boleyn got her head cut off. Mm -hmm. 
I think just touching, you know, I, I, I believe I can feel things sometimes. And oh, so yeah, yeah. I can walk into a room or be yeah. like when I stood in front of the Lincoln Memorial like yeah. like I could yeah. I could feel the history I could feel the oh, yeah. people that had gone through there I, I could feel the sadness that day uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think and you know I've touched some some hundred year old maybe maybe 200 year old buildings in America maybe right. I guess when I was in DC it probably right. did right. Um, but yeah I've, I couldn't imagine touching a building or a structure that's a hundred 500 years old a thousand years old yeah. I think that'd be just incredible to see. When we were in Germany, one Saturday, we didn't have anything to do, and we decided to go to Dachau. Amazing. You could feel the death. You could feel it. Everybody should have a chance to walk those grounds. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Concentration camps, uh-huh. what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, there was a... We saw the ovens. Saw the barracks where the people lived. Uh, I I don't know if it was that one, but I've I've read some stories about um, several of the concentration camps that were, I guess they were all killing people, were run by women. Mm. Interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, I, I bet I bet from the the moment you start thinking about going there to the moment you you touch that ground, you've got to just have a shock wave go through your body. You've it, got to be able to feel it. You do. Yeah. 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 And it was interesting. There was a plaque showing all the people who had died. And it wasn't just Jews, it was also Christians. Many, many, many Christians were killed there. Yeah. So it, it, lots of people. Huh. Yeah. And why the ovens? Why were they? Well, they had to get rid of them. They why not had... just shoot all of them? Maybe it was, maybe it saved money to put them in the ovens and not use bullets. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they had a reason. I'm sure it was a good reason. Yeah. At least they thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. They, they thought it was. Yeah. I was told, uh, my, we we travel a lot around the United States. I was just told by a friend that um, my go have fun with your kids until they're seven or eight, and then you can start showing them stuff that they will remember the rest oh, of their yeah. life. Oh um, yeah. But if you do it too soon, you'll, <coughs> they'll never have any long term memories of it. Right, right. Yeah, you do the fun things. You go to the national parks. You go to the the fun museums, uh-huh. the, the kitty museums. We're, we're still working on the the the, the simple for ocean. Mountain, yeah, sand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hot or cold. <laughs> Do they ever go to the Museum of Science and History here in Fort Worth? Um, we have membership. So we were yeah. there this last weekend yeah. and probably the weekend before that. Um, yeah. I'm certain the weekend before that. <laughs> and the Perot Museum in Dallas? We've been four or five times. Yeah. Um, I can tell you all about the earthquake-shaking machine <laughs> that shakes my kids, and they just right. think it's the greatest thing ever <laughs> to the whirlwind and... They like all of it. I mean, uh-huh. the, the Pro Museum has some beautiful dinosaur stuff. <gasps> yeah. I think when they were older, they would they would get uh-huh. more. But um, just the first time we went to the Pro Museum, because um, we do a lot with our kids. Our, our uh-huh. secret sauce with our family is activities. Yeah. We, uh, we know them when the babies want to stay home. Uh-huh. And you can ask them, and they'll tell you, I'd just rather stay home. Uh-huh. So we stay home. Uh-huh. But... We want to keep them active. Uh-huh. Um, and we had just been down to the fossil realm yeah. and seen all the dinosaur stuff right. down there. And then we went uh, a couple weeks later, we went to the Pearl Museum uh-huh. and, and to experience, because, you know, a lot of the 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 T-Rexes roamed this Dallas-Fort Worth. Yeah. That, was, that was their hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why there's prints and uh-huh. animal artifact, ta- uh, archive, artifacts. Artifacts. Mm-hmm. And they have some new prints. They found some new prints. They did find some new yeah. prints. I asked Jenna, because uh, <laughs> I think our news is, is repetitive sometimes, and I was like, was that the same steps that they found last year when it got all dry? <laughs> it was like, did they just, you know, oh, the water's gone again. Hey, there they are. <laughs> but she said, like you, they were new steps. So. When they first found the steps, mm-hmm. my father took me out to see them oh, when really? they first found them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. T-Rex, did you ever think Tyrannosaurus rexes roam this area? Yeah, I mean... Oh, we, oh you probably knew. You're, yeah. you're more from here than... Your dad was... Yeah. Was, was, he, he was, was he ge- into fossils? He was a geologist. Yes, yeah. I know, but yeah. was he into fossils uh-huh. or more into finding minerals? Oh, both. Both, both yeah. yeah. Geologists are interesting people. They they love it all. Do they? Oh, yeah. If they love rocks. Rocks of any sort. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I... Uh, I uh, certainly the secret sauce with 
with my wife is anything sparkly. Uh, <laughs> and she loves emeralds. Uh, oh, yeah. Because uh, they have their own kind of sparkle to oh, them. They're right. not a diamond, but they're, they're they still sparkle. And They're beautiful. So I've yeah. bought her a couple, and there's a show on TV where they go and dig for opals. And um, it's neat to watch because it's, it's literally, and then... I didn't know how they were formed. Uh, silica, which is, uh-huh. I guess, on our, our on our periodic table, uh-huh. um, and water oh, pressed together oh. creates opals. I didn't know that. I didn't know mm. until I saw the show, and I think they tell you about it every time uh-huh. on the show. They try to read to uh-huh. tell you how opals are formed. Uh-huh. But uh, but wow, just the the colors and the beauty oh, that come so from pretty. them. So, yeah. So buy your secret sauce tip of the day is. Buy your wife sparkly things. Yeah. Bright, glittery, sparkly things. Sparkly stuff. They don't even have to be, they can be man-made, just sparkle. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. And so we were, I was, we were talking about driving a minute ago. Mm -hmm. My, my secret sauce to driving is, is, is definitely looking both ways four times. Um, Because I drive a ton. And so to lessen my my chances of getting in an accident, I always look three, four, five times, make sure I'm making the right decision before I, I take off. And when I learned to drive, my father taught me always look to the right and the left three times. Uh-huh. Isn't that That's interesting? Right. I wonder uh, if people are taught that now. <laughs> well, I was taught to drive by my grandmother, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. who would be over a hundred now. Mm-hmm. Um, we got pulled over when I was a kid in Lubbock, Texas. She just let me drive. We'd take, she'd we'd drive out to the country, and then uh-huh. we'd go drive around and yeah. pick a ear of corn, and she'd tell me all about the corn. We'd pick some green mm-hmm. beans, and she'd tell me all about the green beans. But I had she had to be letting me drive at like seven, eight, nine, ten years oh, old. Yeah. That's how we learned to drive uh-huh. out in the country. Uh-huh. They just let us drive. Well, yeah. you got pulled over by yeah. a DPS officer. Oh no, not, no, no, no! Because I'm older than you are, oh, so they didn't well, care. Well, we they, did. They didn't I, care. Yeah, my grandmother and I did, and he walked up to the car and he was like, "Well, I pulled you over because I couldn't see anybody driving." <laughs> 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 I think he told us to be careful. Uh, my grandmother knew everybody, so yeah, he might have even been like, yeah. "Hey, he didn't call her Mammy, but Ruth." Yeah. Everybody called my grandmother Ruth. And we all drove, but the, so the day we were 14, we could go get our driver's license because we all knew how to drive already. 14. Yeah, 14. And on, on my 14th birthday, I got my driver's license and I got a brand new Ford Fairlane red and black convertible. It was, it was great. You, you were fancy. <laughs> what was your second car? Uh, it was a Volkswagen. Oh, yeah. Like you have now. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. My first car was a 1979 um, um, Buick Regal Supreme with suede Ooh. green interior. Ooh. That's when cars were fun. I don't know yeah. about fun. I changed the oil and the brakes on that <laughs> they, damn thing all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Bought it for $900. Yeah? Uh, yeah. I had a friend's dad help me buy it and, and go pick it up and... Uh, it was mine. I was I was super proud. Yeah. Uh, it was. I had an eight track tape player in yeah, it. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you say that it was. Uh, we were already into CDs at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to carry around the little Walkman so you could put the tape in. And, <laughs> but it was it was mine. I don't, I don't think I had a nice car till I got into the car business. Uh, oh. Because I had to buy all my first cars. Oh. And I, 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 my, my brother got. Lots of nice cars. My sister got a convertible BMW for her first car, and I had to have some friends help me go buy my first car. Uh-huh. So uh, it was just a different experience uh, mm-hmm. growing up. Between my mom had divorced and remarried, and uh, I was kind of the odd man out mm-hmm. there. But I got into the car business, and uh, we got to take home or drive whatever we wanted at the end of the night. Right. At least the people selling shit did. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and so I drove everything. So by the time I got to to adulthood, because I started in the car business at eighteen, um, by the time I got into my twenties and thirties, 
uh, cars didn't impress me. Uh-huh. And so when I'd I, driven everything, I'd rid around anything, I, I'd appraised everything. And so it was just another car to me. Now, uh-huh. I have a nice, very nice pickup truck. Uh-huh. Um, but I could go drive, you know, a journey if I needed to. But see, uh, cars now are kind of boring. Like when I got my Volkswagen, that was the first car I bought myself. Mm-hmm. And it had 100,000 miles on it. When I sold it, it had over 400,000 on totally it. Cow. Kept it a while. Yeah, I bet. And then, <laughs> and then I, had, I, had an, I had an Austin Healey, oh, yeah. which I loved. Uh-huh. Uh, and when I, I, I was married when I was 18 and divorced when I was 21. And my father gave me very good advice. I wanted the divorce. And he said, you know, your husband, I had bought that. Austin Healy myself, but he said, you know, your husband loves that Healy more than he loves you. If you'll let him have that Healy, he'll let you have that divorce without any problem. So so I I gave my Healy for the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> and then later I had an XKE. That was kind of fun, but, you know, you can't drive them properly. So it it, it was in the shop a lot because mm-hmm. you, you, you can't really drive them the way they need to be driven. So yeah. that was fun. And the other cars were, they were, they were okay, but... Are you a fast driver? Did I used like? to be a fast driver. Uh-huh. I could hear that in your I, I conversations. Used, I used to get lots of tickets, <laughs> and I finally figured out how that happened one day, and I stopped getting tickets. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stayed off the roads where all the cops were? Or what? <laughs> no, I just started driving the speed limit. <laughs> what I, an idea. <laughs> I, I thought about calling GM because um, the other secret sauce to me driving is many miles. I put 50,000 miles on my truck last year. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's cruise control. I use cruise control mm-hmm. everywhere yeah. I go. Right, right, uh, right. And I try to, so I don't get tickets. Right. I try to stay on big roads that move fast. Yeah, yeah, Because, uh, yeah. you know, when you you put three times as many, four times as many miles on vehicle as a normal person, it's mm-hmm. not just the mileage, it's all the cars oh, that yeah. you drove by that you didn't run into for right. those 50,000 miles. right, right. Um, and so it takes a lot. My brother's the same way. He's a, he drives a lot for his work and, um, neither one of us bump into people. Yeah. Um, but it's because we we're constantly watching the next vehicle. Yeah. For me, it's a lot of, I'm a very forward thinker. And so I'm watching you drive, even though I'm just driving along with you. I'm, I'm watching the other mm-hmm. cars around me. One, cause I weave. I'm well, just a natural weaver when I drive. So I gotta to make sure I know what the other cars at. are doing. <laughs> you do. Yeah. yeah. My, my uncle told me make eye contact. Uh-huh. That was his secret. Uh-huh. Make uh-huh. eye contact. If you uh-huh. make eye contact with them, uh-huh. they'll stop, they'll turn right, or they'll uh-huh. let you go. Yeah. But yeah, I stopped getting tickets. I was probably in my twenties when I stopped getting tickets. And I don't I don't know that I've gotten one since then. And I've I've had two wrecks. Uh one wreck was the ice the black ice. Uh-huh. I hit a truck, wasn't hurt, totaled the car. And it was interesting because it was on the news. You know, the news people were right there. And my husband saw it on the news before I got home. That was interesting. That was it. <laughs> and I had another another wreck. But then I haven't had any wrecks since then or any tickets. So no more fast driving. Yeah, I don't drive fast. Mm-hmm. I like the but I, but I, lo- I love the feel of it. I uh, love the uh, feel of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. You got to yeah. go out to Crescent and go drive. Yeah. The, go yeah. drive those hot actually, rods out there. I actually got a ticket once for going 120 miles an hour on, on the turnpike. Uh-huh. And what had happened, I was I was with a date, and uh, he was he was driving recklessly, I thought. And I said, you know, and I kept complaining, and he said, fine, you just drive. So I was really angry that mm-hmm. he had done that. Uh-huh. So I drove... And I thought, you know, you scared me. I'm going to scare you. And I did. He was begging me to stop. I bet. (laughs) (laughs) And finally the cops stopped. (laughs) And I got the ticket for going 120 miles an hour. (laughs) He paid the ticket, by the way. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, good for him. (laughs) I had the Volkswagen uh, Touareg. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was coming back from Galveston to go pick up my son. Um. And I was doing 120 to 130 or 40 on the highway. That car would scream. Yeah. Um, at I, over 100, 110, 120. I looked to my 
left, and there's a motorcycle car <laughs> pointing at me. Um, <laughs> so I pull over. He comes up to my car like crazy, pissed <laughs> off. What in the fuck are you doing? Yada, yada, yada. And I said, sir, if I'm late to pick up my kid, my ex-wife's a bitch, and she probably won't let me see him. He mm-hmm. said, well, you drive safe the rest of the way and give oh. me my license back. That's oh. a true story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the fastest I ever went and got pulled over for, I spent less than a minute talking right. to the cop, and he let me back on my way. So we both went 120 and had different outcomes. Yeah, different outcomes. <laughs> he definitely had an ex-wife he didn't like. Right. That was for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you had a better excuse than I did. <laughs> I just told him. He was, he was, I, was, I was expecting to go to jail. I, was, I had my phone out. I was calling my close. <laughs> his compadre to come get me out of jail. I really thought I was, because he told me, I've been following you for three overpasses. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you thought I had some good driving. Well, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. I was driving fast. I try not to do it now. And I see the people on the roads doing it and flying by me at 80, 90 miles Mm -hmm. an hour or 100 miles an hour, whatever they're doing. And it does irritate me. Yeah, Um, Yeah. But a very cautious when I'm on the road because 50,000 miles are run past a lot of lot of angry drivers. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't want to get caught up in some yeah. angry driver's pissed off yeah. day. And so yeah. I don't give people hand gestures. Right. And if you want to squeeze over on me, then fucking squeeze over right. on me. I'm not, I'm not trying to fight you on any you of it. You need to die over yes, that. Yes, no. Because, you know? I mean, there was that lady in Fort Worth who... Just last week, I mean, her husband gave the guy the finger. The guy pulled out a gun and shot and killed his wife. I know, I know. Right, right over there by where you live, in yeah, White Settlement. I know they'll do it. Yeah. And so, you got to be careful. Do you do you agree with all the gun carrying laws? Are you a gun uh, carrier? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you might be. Yeah. Yeah. Thought I saw it on your hip in the right. counseling session that day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think we need that. That's that's our constitutional right, and we need it for safety. For protection. It's also, you know, if you if you read why no other countries ever invaded America, it's because they all knew we were all carrying guns. Right, right. So you take them away, you might get invaded. Yeah. Um, we all saw what happened in Venezuela when they took away. Oh my God. When inflation got super high and they took away everybody's guns and confiscated them and then oh. turned it into a communist country. Oh, and now exactly. nobody has any. I mean. Most of the legal immigrants coming into America are from Venezuela, right, right. And, and we're not getting the best of them. It's a horrible place. We're, they're letting, they're emptying their prisons so they don't have to pay mm-hmm. for them. As long as they'll take a bus ride to the border, right, right. So, um, That's what Castro did. Castro. Yeah, that's what he did. Well, I don't remember much about Castro. Yeah, he emptied the prisons. Yeah. He what? Emptied the prisons and sent them over here mm-hmm. in boats. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Well, someone's got to get better control of, of our country. Um, I don't know who I hope it's going to be. You know, I'm a, I'm a card-carrying Republican because uh, I believe in the sanctity of life. Mm-hmm. I believe in hard work gets you where you want to go, not giving people stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in the right to carry arms and have arms, uh, even though I don't because uh, I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. but my family does, right. um, um, and I think people that 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 understand guns, if they want to have them, they should have them. And, I, and I don't know if I don't know if I agree with you having two hundred. I think that's a little creepy. Well, but if you I, have a reason to have two hundred, I get it. But I think if people are going to have guns, they have to know how to use them, and they have to be at the gun range, and they ha- they have to be careful. Yes. Inappropriate, yeah. I Just know. having a gun does not solve a problem. You need to know how to use it and how to be safe. Yes, but I'm, I, 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 guns don't kill people. People kill people. People kill people. Right. And so changing some of these gun laws are not helping anybody. I mean, if, if I wanted to, to get a gun illegally, uh, you know, like we just learned uh, Harvard or MIT just came out with a statistic that uh, you're only four people away from anybody in the in the country or in the world, I think is what it was. Uh-huh. But if I wanted a gun, I, I know two or three people I could call within, that could go find me an illegal minutes, gun. Within minutes. With no problem. If they minutes. didn't already have one, they'd sell right, it. Right, right, 
Right. Um, and that, <clears throat> that's the problem. You know, it was like everybody blamed the homeowners during the mortgage crisis. And it was not the homeowners that created the mortgage crisis. It wasn't even the stupid bankers that were signing up all these deals. It was the fact that there was a a void in the system. Mm -hmm. So one person back then could go buy 10 houses as long as they used 10 different title companies, mm -hmm. 10 different mortgage companies, and closed on them in a 30-day period. Mm -hmm. And so when the when the market crashed and you weren't able to rent those properties and cover your mortgage payment anymore, those that one person added 10 homes at one time uh -huh. to the foreclosure crisis. And it wasn't just him. It was him who learned the trade and learned the trick. And then he had told 10 of his friends. Uh -huh. And so one person had created a hundred uh -huh. foreclosures in a five mile radius of where they live. And it wasn't their personal house. Right. It was the 10 investment properties right. that they had bought on, on their, the their, on their ability to pay back a loan that wasn't there. Uh -huh. And that's what created the mortgage crisis that nobody talks about. All those mortgage backed securities that, that that failed, they were a paper. These were a paper buyers buying 10 homes at one time. And so when the mortgage-backed security was looking at the client, they were looking at the one client by themselves with the one home that they had. And so that was good paper to buy. Uh, we can trade that. We can get top dollar for it. Well, no, what you weren't paying attention for, to is that one guy in your mortgage bubble that you're selling from, from, from Mr. Cooper had... 2,000 homes that were set up just like the first guy who bought right. 10. So right. it was really just right. just 20 customers who yeah. had, had or, or 200 customers that had 2,000 homes. Yeah. And so when it foreclosed, it wasn't the 200 people, it homes, personal homes. It was the 2,000 homes that they had. Right. Yeah. And that's what caused it. Because I, I, I have to re-explain that all the time to... To people, because I I hear so many misnomers about that those days. What really happened? The fact that the government took eighty six billion dollars and only redid fifty six hundred mortgages nationwide. There was twenty two million people that were underwater on their homes that they were supposed to use that eighty six billion dollars to go give them give them. 40-year loans at a, a low interest rate, mm -hmm. and they realized that they would never be able to get rid of that paper. So they said, no, sue us. And they did. And the, the government got back four or five billion dollars, but mm -hmm. they didn't get back 86 mm -hmm. billion dollars. Um, and so it's, it's, it, that, that gets frustrating. And, mm -hmm. and people right now are hearing a lot of, a lot of misnomers. I mean, you still, the, the, <laughs> I was watching CNBC this morning. They were talking about 6% mortgages. We'll go on to Mortgage News Daily, which is a government-sponsored site, and it'll tell you the mortgage rate's 7.25, the best, AAA-rated, uh -huh. you've, you've got, your granddad had good credit too, uh -huh. these people. Uh -huh. um, but that's not what you buy mortgages at. Uh -huh. Mortgage rates right now, if you call a mortgage broker... Eight and a half to nine percent on a thirty-year fixed. Wow, that's three times. Sorry for wow. three times more than it was just three years ago. Right, right. Wow. And so, um, you are about to stall the home market. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see it now, but we hear there's other programs coming out that that that'll help you. Um, I mean, I could spend a whole whole session here with you on secret sauce, telling you the secret sauce about the. The mortgage industry and how not to get frauded in it. Um, um, they're they're tightening their ability for people to get mortgages and and the the the, the less the, the they're when we have fewer mortgage companies we have fewer options and so instead of us having ten people I can send a deal to before now there's there's three people I can mm -hmm. send a deal to 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 get a mortgage. And those people know that they're the only three on the market and they're broke too. Mm -hmm. And so what are they doing? They're weighing your friendship and their loyalty to you on how much they're going to take advantage of your client. Right, right. Because the less they know you, the less they think they're going to get another deal from you, mm -hmm. the more money they're going to make off of your client, mm -hmm. which is more interest. And mm -hmm. so that means maybe push me out of being able to close it. Close the deal. What do you think is going to happen with the housing market in the next year? 
So I, I get, I'm, I'm very fortunate to get to speak to some very mm -hmm. influential people in the home industry. Mm -hmm. um, 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 we're all waiting for a program. So we all believe that the government is about to create a program that's going to allow people to buy homes for less than what they can rent them for. Mm. Um, we think in the, the, in DFW, there's been a billion dollars in land put under contract since June. Um, of that billion dollars worth of land, they all have no earnest money going hard until November or December. Mm. So most people are thinking the, the program's going to come out at the end of this month or sometime in October. Um, they started taking money from mortgages in May. They started taking $50 or so from every mortgage in America for a program for, for minorities, underprivileged, and uh, bad credit people to be able to buy houses, which a lot of us think are, sounds insane um, because they're going to bring up the, the, the mortgage crisis again and say, well, people were not putting down payment into stuff, so then they didn't have anything into it, so walking away from it was easier. And I'm going to tell you from, from, from a place of, of, of being there, um, I don't give a damn what you take from me. Taking those things from those people were not easy. Losing your house, telling your friends you just had your house foreclosed on is, is not easy. Right, right. And so um, right. Um, it wasn't something that people wanted. It wasn't an easy deal. And, yeah. and today... Um, people have, the mortgage crisis is not happening today because there's so much equity in people's houses. There's about four to $7 trillion mm -hmm. worth of equity. You can't have a mortgage crisis when there's yeah. more money in, in equity in these homes than there is in the entire banking industry. Yeah. So, so you can forget that. That's why prices on houses hasn't dropped, even though we got into a mild recession. You really haven't seen them go okay. down. Maybe 10% uh -huh. uh, on some, maybe some new home builders are having a hard time selling their products. So they've lowered their houses, but they're only doing that because they're even having to buy interest down. Mm -hmm. um, or they, 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 nobody wants a home at 9%. 9% mortgage, you're probably talking $3,500 for a $300,000 home, right. where that $300,000 home used to be $1,300, $1,400 yeah. a month. People wonder why, how did McKinney and Collin County and all that grow? They grew as rapidly as they did, one, because of the diversity. Sure, you can't, can't discount that. The, the Muslim mosque that was built out there uh -huh. attracted 100,000 people. It's a very diverse area. It is very diverse. Um, but those people were buying half a million and million-dollar mm -hmm. homes. That used to be the rule of 1%. There's no rule of 1% at 9 The rule of 1% was at 7% mm -hmm. back in the day, so 7%. Mortgage equaled one percent of the sales price. So if your sales house was three hundred thousand, your mortgage was going to be three thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, interest rates got all the way down to the three percent range. So that half a million dollar home was twenty three hundred dollars a month. It was the same thing mortgage that the three and two hundred thousand dollar people were paying uh -huh. just years before. Uh -huh. So yes, they upgraded to the six seven hundred thousand dollar home in the best school district in the area because right. it was the same price as what they were paying in the bad uh -huh. area of town in a smaller house. Yeah. Um, just interest rates changed. And right. so that boomed the, the higher end market. It was the first to take off after the, the mortgage crisis because interest rates dropped so low. The, 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 the normal Americans, you're right, they didn't have the, the 5% they needed to put down on the homes. But the rich Americans, the Wealthy Americans, they had their down payment, mm -hmm. um, and they were jumping into these six hundred thousand right. dollars mortgages because they were twenty three hundred dollars a month. Right, right. Um, uh, but I, I, I think there's a program coming because there's no way they can stall the 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 home market. Um, I was told by Collin County's county clerk for every new home that I would build in her county, they were counting on three point seven. I call them worker bees. Uh, she called them support staff. They have a better name for it than probably both of those. But for every new home I built, because of the construction, because of the taxes that come from uh -huh. it, because of the need for another 7-Eleven 
by a subdivision I just created right. uh, that's going to have 300 homes in it. Now you've got four employees there. you got the gas people that come fill up the gas. So the gas company had to hire another person to do the gas. And then you got the window cleaner guy that mm-hmm. got into the business because there was something by his house. So you create all these extra jobs and extra people um, in the area. Uh, and you grow, I mean, everything in a house. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's mm-hmm. petroleum. It's, it's hay, it's, uh, you know, it's, there's vegetable products and and houses in the paints. Right. Um, You know, the granite that comes from around the world, Uh the granite installers that are, that are from here working hourly wages Uh that, that, you know, the more they had, the more they made, the more they made, the more nice trucks they had, the more, more houses they bought. Um, And you can't take all that away. You're going to, you're going to severely stall Uh the U.S. economy. And so. Uh Um, Bill Clinton knew the secret sauce to getting reelected was allowing everybody in America that could fog America to own a home. Right. Um, and they right. did. They bought right. a lot of houses. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, um, and they went too far. That's what created the mortgage crisis mm-hmm. was not the buying of the houses, was the fraudulent people buying the houses. Right. right. Um, right. But um, I don't personally think not putting money into a house and being able to buy a house with zero down um, means that you're more likely to foreclose. I don't believe that. I don't think you just, oh, I didn't have to put a dollar into it. I'll walk away from it. That's that's nobody's secret sauce. Right. It's just right. never, it's not. That, Nobody that wants the embarrassment from it. That's not what people do. And so oh, yeah. I think if you allow some of these people to get into these $1,300, $1,400, I own my home, mm-hmm. Verse, I'm renting from from SK Rental Company, and I'm paying 1950 a month. I think you're going to see some some change there, but but what you're going to end up doing is creating such a vast amount of people that want houses. And we talked about this when we first started talking. Oil companies, if you stop them today, they're three to four years before they can start pumping right, oil back right, out between right. drilling the ridge, designing right. it, engineering it. Same thing with the housing market. Even though you're going to show up in October, November saying, hey, all these groups can buy houses, I think the government knows that there's no homes for them to buy, so we're not going to really lose any money because there's not that many to buy. But the perception of we're helping everybody out will help eventually get some more votes right. at the end of it. Um, and that's my fear about the program. It's not the program. I don't think it's going to cause foreclosures mm-hmm. or a banking crisis. Mm-hmm. I think the program could help make people make bad decisions. Right. And right. I think when it comes to our government, not to their personal life. Um, and over time, uh, that, that, that'll destroy a lot of stuff. And when you lose those, those programs, like the house building or the oil companies, you lose the people who know how to do that, so then you have a lag getting the people back who know how to drill the wells, who know how to lay the bricks, and do the granite. Yes, the, the mortgage officers you're dealing with yeah. now are, are, are people right. that have been able to get through it. And when that when that starts to climb again, they're going to have their friends and their aunts and their cousins uh-huh. and people that don't know anything uh-huh. about mathematics or finance uh-huh. and don't read and don't go to mortgage right. news daily. And that's what you'll run into. Um, we're seeing a lot of builders drop out right now. Right. Right. Um, and they but, won't come back. There will be new people. So we'll lose that information. You're about to lose a whole generation uh-huh. of, of land guys and builders. So yeah. most of the home builders are old. Most of the mm-hmm. land guys are old. Uh-huh. And they're not wanting to do it a fourth time. If uh-huh. you think about their exactly. last 40 years in the industry, they've ridden three different uh-huh. gigantic waves. Um, and they don't want to ride a fourth one. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Um, they're going to go do something else and... I've known a lot of mortgage people that have mm-hmm. that have gone and done other things. There's realtors, a lot of realtors uh-huh. have gone and uh-huh. decided to go do other things, and nobody likes change. So if you think you're going to get a lot of those same people back to the industry, you're, you're wrong uh-huh. because they're going to stay where they're at because nobody likes change. Uh-huh. And if you've ridden the wave of success and then ridden the, you've hit rock bottom, um, there's not as many people in, on this earth that, that can get up from rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they... Don't get up. They're just not going to climb the top of that mountain. Again. They're not going back to that industry, probably. Yeah. 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 So. That's happened over and over in the oil industry. 
over and over in over the and industry. Over, yeah. There's been a lot of firings. IBM, I've uh-huh. I've been moved uh-huh. was was an acronym for them because uh-huh. they'd fire you in one department and they'd put uh-huh. you over in another department just so that they could clean their books up and say we laid off 500 people uh-huh. over here. Well, we hired them back on the uh-huh. on the collateral side. Um, so, but I I think I think. You know, we talk a lot about the secret sauce, and we've talked about a lot of different things today. But I think drive, I think compassion, mm-hmm. desire, and Deal- I want. Dealing with adversity. Yeah. Learning to deal with adversity, because that's part of it. Not giving up in the middle of diversity. Right, you know? right, right. You know, you, you're not going to stay there. Yeah. You know, it's my favorite thing. But, you know, I will end today with Winston Churchill. You know, Winston Churchill said to us, um, as... They were about to be invaded. They were the planes were already flying over the strait and they were on their way to bomb the holy smokes out of out of England. And he mm-hmm. said, Hey, we're not gonna stay here. This is gonna suck. This is about to get real bad. Yeah. yeah. But we're not gonna stay here. Yeah. And we're gonna keep going. And if we keep going, we will become this amazing worldly country again. Um yeah. so don't stay there. Yeah. Uh, just keep yeah. going. Um, where just keep going. Don't matter which direction you go when it's diversity, just go. Yeah. And so yeah. that's my that's yeah. my secret sauce for you today is is, is don't stop. Don't stop. Never don't give stop. up. Never give up. You Winston, give up on things. Winston I believe Churchill you give up on things. Said never ever ever give up. See, I, I yeah. think I think you've got to find the right time to give up on something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. You just don't stay there. Right. Right. It was, it was great seeing you. Good to see I you. I love you. Thanks you for being here. Great um, to be here. Thanks for being on The Secret Sauce. And we'll see y'all uh, on Friday. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Secret Sauce Podcast. Follow us on social media at The Secret Sauce Pod to receive daily encouragement on how to find your secret sauce to life.